0: it's okay this is this is uh what this podcast is about it's like we don't actually know anything um (laughs) if you want to know about something go listen to like a moma i don't know web conference
1: (laughs) yeah and if you want if you want to hear the latest about uh gallery owners recent real estate sales listen to the other podcasts who god whose name will not mention (laughs) So, how's, how's the weather? Oh, terrible. <laughs> it's funny how we're only two and a half hours away from each other, but it seems like we're experiencing, for the most part, like vastly different
0: weather patterns. Oh my god. It's, well, the last few days were really hot and humid again, but then storming, and now it's just like 20 Celsius and raining. Mm-hmm. There's just no and- rhyme or
1: reason to it. And here it's twenty eight now, and I guess there's rain coming later this afternoon, which I don't know if it's like migrating south from your area or if it's like coming up from Florida, where there's like tail end of Elma Irma Ella M Hoff, whatever <laughs> the storm's called. <laughs> Hurricane Irma. Her- Her- <laughs> <laughs> Hurricane M Hoff. <laughs> <sighs> oh my god! <clears throat> so, what have
0: you been up to these past few days? Uh, as if I do.
1: As if I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, maybe we should tell the listeners what we've been up to. Yeah, what did you do on July Fourth, <laughs> Uh Well, my friend Amir Guberstein came from New friend York of the City, <laughs> the world famous New York City. <laughs> world famous Amir Guberstein came <laughs> to world famous Ghent, New York. Um <laughs> We had so much fun. Yeah, that was a uh that was a top shelf day. Yeah, a top shelf 4th of July. One for mm-hmm. the memory scrapbooks. Mhm. Um okay. for for the literal, the literal scrapbook cuz we have a uh, packet, <laughs> a handout. We have a handout, we have a pen, we have mm-hmm. other memorabilia. Uh <laughs>
1: Yeah, so uh early in the morning I embarked on a two and a half hour long journey Thank to you. visit visit Thought of the Pod in Ghent uh, New York. Uh it has uh actually should we be saying that? Because visitors are not allowed at your residency, so I don't wanna Well
0: you were not blow- at the residency. You were you picked me up at the visitor center, which is allowed. True. Yeah. Um so yeah, we met at the visitor center. I was so happy to see you. Yeah, um, that was a that was a good reunion. It was. Uh, and then you had planned a really fun day trip for us mm-hmm. of historic proportions. Mm-hmm. Can you tell the listeners what that was? Um, so, it turns out, a 10-minute drive away from uh,
1: Art Omai oh from Ghent, New York, is Kinderhook, also uh, known as the uh, residence of the US eighth president Martin van Buren. Um and turns out there's a, not turns out but there's a national park there and turns out that same day July 4th was the first day they reopened after a after their uh, year-long covid lull and um yeah I picked you up at Ghent and we went over to just res- register for the uh for the tour which we assumed was going to be packed And so we wanted to get there <laughs> early. <laughs> little did we know there's there's scant interest in in MVB in 2021 um so yeah we just we signed up for the uh we signed up for the tour and i guess then drove over to uh Kinderhook yeah i guess people weren't
0: interested um because martin van buren was the second shortest president in us history <laughs> uh he was also the first president who's uh Native tongue was not English; it was Dutch.
1: But the first sitting U.S. president who was born on American soil, which is crazy. <clears throat> yeah. um, also, allegedly the son of a uh, Aaron Burr, um, a- according to
0: Queen of the Pod Gore Vidal. Mm-hmm. Um Who played who played Aaron Burr uh, in Hamilton? Is there some
1: Latin X? Uh, <laughs> representation of his
0: Mark Anthony played him um, Mark Anthony. <laughs> uh, I feel like JLo
1: could be MVB <laughs> and drag in <laughs> Hamilton the square uh, jaw mouth yeah. um, of okay. the pod
0: <laughs> I can't wait for her new video I, uh, Cambio uh, what is it Cambio El Paso or El, something Paso yeah <laughs> it's a banger it is yeah um, mommy of the pod. Um, okay. In Kinderhook, though, we we had a revelation, and that revelation was a pizza slice at Focaccia next to Broad Wait, Street you Bagels.
1: Gotta, you got to rewind a little bit because we we got there right on time, like perfect coinciding. We we get there, and there's a uh, there's a reenactment of oh, the yeah. first
0: of the reading of the Declaration of Independence by. I guess uh, a man a th- in a tri corner hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is
1: a local man in cosplay, in Washington cosplay. Uh, followed by this really talented young girl who uh, sang the national anthem, to which we
0: did not know the lyrics. Yeah. Which um, I can't believe that wasn't on your citizenship test. <laughs> it was not. We, we, we mouthed it though. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, we did a good um, lip sync for your life um drag race style yeah totally we didn't want to get pitchforked out of town yeah <clears throat> um
1: yeah and then and then the clouds uh the uh the crowds uh dispersed and we yeah we discovered this really good focaccia place that's actually like owned i guess by the same person there's like two storefronts one of them is yeah. a straight up coffee shop bakery and the other one's this focaccia place it was really good
0: yeah next to broad street bagels where we had bagels at the residency and They mm-hmm. were the bomb, and uh, the pizza slices at Focaccia were a grandma slice and a Sicilian slice. <sighs> how do they you re- how do you remember unbelievable. that? Unbelievable. <laughs> I just do when it's important information like that. I uh, really committed to memory. Uh-huh. And do you think it- Martin Van Buren ate there? <laughs> <laughs> well, we tried to go back a couple of days ago. Me and two of the artists here for said slices, and then it turned out we were. We were locked out because it's only Friday to Sunday that focaccia is open, which Mm -hmm. was a blow. But we drove past Martin Van Buren's birth home, which you and I did not see. (laughs) Oh, right. And also he's buried
1: in Kinderhook, something we also didn't see. Yeah. Um, Okay. So after lunch. Oh, wait. We also got our picture taken uh, next to the (laughs) life-size sculpture of uh, Martin Van Buren. We'll post that on the Instagram. Yeah, which required some waiting around because this young entitled girl just uh, she basically sodomized the uh,
0: <laughs> she like climbed all over it and then like landed in a, in its lap or something and, and she was trying yeah. to read the documents on his lap on a oh yeah a that bronze. was so embarrassing
1: <laughs> and there was there was a line of people waiting to uh, have their picture taken next to Martin Van
0: Buren yeah and I said move it or lose it sis. Yeah. Uh check your privilege, white girl. Move yeah. it or lose it. Um She was like yeah, a the, young Lindsay Lohan basically. Just a just young Lindsay Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> Minus um, the uh the hasidic wig. Totally. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, then we drove back and had a really amazing
0: uh, guided tour at the house. Yeah, god we, God bless those park rangers they just know their shit yeah he knew it all and he was twinkish and um but still in command of the situation absolutely and uh what are some what are
1: some revelations and astonishments uh from our uh, guided
0: tour <laughs> well um <laughs> the first toilet in new york state was in martin van buren's house mm-hmm. uh with Wedgwood porcelain <laughs> a blue and white porcelain uh cistern pretty, incre-
1: <laughs> pretty incredible like considering the stuff they ate back in the day that their shit's content didn't like wash out the uh the decorate the decorative <laughs>
0: the or the ornamentation i mean just think of a normal toilet how um the acids in your urine like make it look horrible yeah basically and it was pristine that that uh cistern was pristine mm-hmm. <laughs> that was pretty incredible uh, and it was like a mahogany cabinet that you sat upon yeah it kind of looks like what the queen's train car twang,
1: train cars bathroom looks like <laughs> if you can imagine we'll post some pictures
0: it was very opulent. Um, there was a bathtub there was a sink there was indoor plumbing like you would pump a pump in the basement to bring water up to a tank yeah it's pretty and, like servants servants bells that are wired throughout the house yeah, with actual wires that pull on bells. Like this is late seventeen hundreds. Just to keep-
1: uh, no, eighteen thirty. Oh, sorry, eighteen thirties. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I guess the important facts you don't remember. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty impressive. And as I uh, <clears throat> at some point, I asked our tour guide if uh, why he had not mentioned Aaron Burr in his <laughs> entire tour, and he then claimed this is all a myth. And there was no uh thank no you truth to the story.
0: Thank you, American revisionist history. Basically. Um, um
1: yeah, that was a really fun uh sh- sort of a uh moment getting transport transported back in time. Yeah, it was really really interesting. It's like uh, a time warp. Great patterns, great wallpapers. Yeah. The only downside to them having just reopened and doing so in baby steps is that the gift shop was closed yeah and take matters uh, into
0: our own hands
1: exactly because when i went on a tour uh at the teddy roosevelt house here in manhattan thankfully the the uh gift shop was open and i was able to get a a keychain which i still have on my uh on my person every time i leave the house um but so we had to take matters into our own hands at the martin van buren house the only thing on offer was this Sure, it's made out of plastic, but it's really cute. It's like a a badge pin with a, I guess, a coat of arms. Of what exactly? I'm not sure. The National Park Service,
0: maybe? Oh, was it? I guess so. it says Martin
1: Van Buren on it. So I guess it's it's like a Junior Ranger badge thing. Which is Uh, us. Which is us, but they don't just hand it out. You have to fill out a really extensive (laughs) (laughs) packet a handout with a lot of like activities, like creating your own family tree, drawing your neighborhood map, creating your own community wheel, which is like the circles of a, uh how sort of significant things are in your life, from like a close circle to an outer circle. What else? We had to draw our own uh, coat of arms, which is where we had to <laughs> inject some of our <laughs> art savvy. Our coat of arms is comprised of uh, three sections. At the bottom is kasha. Top left is a pizza slice, and top right is abstract art. <laughs>
0: the best is that he made us do it. Like I asked if he we could totally just have the pins. It, yes. He's like, "No, you really have to do it." No, there were such sticklers, and we also d- didn't want to mess with the other ranger, who was such a, like a, a frown face. I know he was like he reminded me of the teacher from Clueless, like that yeah, old totally. man. Um. Yeah, and then I loved our archaeological dig. Yeah, that the, was great. Where it said, "What what would be found under your house two hundred years from now?" <laughs> <laughs> so Pshemak very uh, artfully drew
1: a smartphone. What else do we have here? Sorry, I'm trying to a like USB deci- stick. Decipher your hieroglyphics. Oh, uh, Birkenstocks looks like a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> a uh, soda stream maker, a prep pill and a 32 gigabyte USB stick. Oh sorry, and also uh, a a uh, rejected application from Skohegan <laughs> The a giant denied stamp on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And then looking back at it, like I realized there's some questions that we didn't even answer, which is I guess why he uh why he made a stink face. <laughs> like uh like towards the end we just completely skipped like whole sections such as like uh uh it's like open open questions about the legislative branch the executive and the judicial ones and then like uh what else did we miss what do you do for fun with your family like comparing it to what they used to do back in the day (laughs)
0: Um, Um, It took us at least 15 minutes to do this, which I'm assuming it would have taken children over 45 minutes. (laughs) And it was a hot day. (laughs) Did we even get a clipboard? No.
1: No, we did not. We had to do it on our thick, sweaty thighs.
0: (laughs) Uh, Uh, So the the Stickler Ranger went through page by page and begrudgingly then gave me a pin. And I said, well, could I please have one for my friend? (laughs)
1: we're brothers can't you tell yeah
0: exactly so we got our pins yeah
1: Mm -hmm. that
0: was a really fun day though that was uh so and then we went to dairy queen (laughs) don't forget the part you're trying to hide (laughs) a (laughs) mirror
1: no i mean before was it before after oh yeah we went to dairy queen and then i uh and then i absolutely did not visit you at the residency because that's not allowed exactly um i only got to see your epic abstractions
0: from afar from the car it's true cuz you can see them from the highway true <laughs> so if
1: any of you uh drive by um looking up the highway um uh if you tra- <laughs> if, if, if you wind up on county route 22 i'm just going to say that. <laughs> slow down at the uh, at the uh, letter S road bend and uh, <laughs> look out the window you might see some original pitch check. Hey, uh epic abstractions just don't steal them please <laughs> yes I'm just surprised so you your studio is uh, so you share a big barn studio with some other artists on the uh, residency right now and it's like the sides are open basically they're just uh,
0: oh yeah it's just mosquito
1: They're netting. They're screened
0: in. Uh, how, yesterday there was like, a severe thunderstorm, and you could. Yeah, feel that's it. what
1: I'm. That's what I'm thinking. Like, there's there's been such like intense summer storms up there here as well. Like, how does it not rain in?
0: Uh, no, it totally does. Like, you can feel a mist coming in as the mm-hmm. rain's hitting the netting, and let's say you can see that maybe one to two feet in the floor is wet. So that's that would scare the hell out of me totally. It's crazy. I'm assuming no one's making work on paper. Uh, some people are, but they're nowhere near that. And if if they are at the front, they're like really doing it at the back of the room, right? Um, honestly, the elements
1: are my biggest just my biggest fear as it pertains to my work.
0: Oh, totally.
1: Like my my studio, you know, is a uh, the big window faces the water basically it's like all the way down in sunset park by by the water basically and like any slight storm if the windows cracked like half an inch or something rain would like find its way into the studio so at this point either everything has to be like completely shut uh, close or i have to put away stuff
0: oh god that's annoying
1: also like new york city throughout the year experiences like such a drastic range of like humidity level drops and a. uh and uh, and peaks. It's pretty intense. I, I learned my lesson the hard way from my first solo show here in the city. That I uh, all the work was basically on paper, oil on paper. Oh yeah, I remember that. <clears throat> they look great though. Thank you. It's oh. just uh know yeah, very emotional work in the sense that uh when a, when the humidity goes up uh the surface reacts to it, but then when the humidity goes back down, it's just like it's flush again. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Uh, you want to talk a bit about your process and your uh newly
0: found creativity in the studio and
1: the, <laughs> and the residency
0: uh well i was very inspired as i said on the last episode by the epic abstraction show with the met um i was really into the helen frankenthaler piece stride just this big uh orange squiggle on an unprimed canvas so anyway you, that was and you, th- and you
1: thought and you thought to yourself let's uh Let's say, uh, let's appropriate a woman's aesthetic. A Jewish woman at that. <laughs> a Jewish woman,
0: yeah. Um. So, yeah, I said to myself, I'm going to do that. And <laughs> 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 you're like, prob- probably most people don't even know who Helen Frankenthaler was. Like, they wouldn't even recognize it if they saw it. <laughs> um, also, she was rich. She was from a... Oh, was she? Well, I, yeah. I, I, she was from a wealthy family, so also doing some class appropriation there as I grew up working class poor. Um, I mean, of course, he was rich. I guess we talked about it in one episode where who could really afford oh, this totally. sort of line of work back in the day? Even just the materials. I'm <laughs> sure they were even more expensive than they are now. Yeah. It's it's like when you watch Prices Right, and it's like, a new dryer, and it's like $1,800, and it's like 1987. Right um so yes it was definitely being an abex artist unless you were cia funded was definitely a rich person's game
1: wait do you think the cia straight up funded (laughs) it or just promoted it
0: no i'm sure it was just the state department promoting it and like you know paying for a show to happen in london or something yeah you think there was active funding i think so i think that's how they promoted it I mean, you know, or I'd any of those curious. foundations where it's like where the blank foundation is going to pay for the show to happen at like, you know, a museum in Paris. Right. I think that's how it just all happens. It's it's like a, because it's nothing like overly sinister. So it's just a, just a chain of people kind of greasing palms and situations which is no different than the art world as it is today (laughs) do you think the cia funds any art movement these days well i feel like pussy riot is definitely like a cia thing not that like the cia started (laughs) this artist activist group but i think they definitely latched on
1: what makes you say that is there anything psyoppy about it that
0: no, I just think it's, like, taking advantage of the situation. <clears throat> the same with Ai Weiwei. You know, like, mm-hmm. this thing's happening. Someone is pushing up against an adversary of, of like, the U.S. government. Oh, I see. And then it's kind of like, okay, <clears throat> how can we now make this situation bigger than it is? Right. Because it's like, why was there this disproportionate amount of attention to, like, Ai Weiwei or Pussy Riot when that was kind of blowing up. Do you think the, uh, the CIA
1: is a, uh, funds, uh, all this new queer figuration and those <laughs> bland, like um, BFA esque like a, uh, candid portraiture of your like family, honestly, probably like as, as the new opiate of the masses just to like <laughs> numb, numb your thought process
0: and they, uh, curtail and curb any like potential uprising no i think it's more i again i think it's the whole like the east versus the west thing Mm -hmm. of like this is happening like queerness is accepted here it's not accepted in russia um yeah i don't think someone's like sitting in a cia office planning this or anything but right i'm sure it doesn't hurt anyone to uh yeah i just
1: uh obviously it's a dumb generalization but like i wonder what what the east thinks of the west in terms of art like if you were a, I uh, i know that it's just been i just read a thing the other day at the art newspaper about how like the bigger the biggest instit- art institutions in china are only hiring white men basically oh yeah so, I saw so that. clear clearly they're trying to like you know, copy-paste some, like, seemingly success successful formula or whatever, but, like, I wonder what your average, like, art student enrolled in an arts program in, like, whatever, Beijing or Shanghai, like, think of, like, Western art in terms of, like, is it something that they try to emulate? Is there, like, influence that makes its way across the continent, the uh, the globe, into yeah. China? Do you think, like, American cultural imperialism is is finding its way into eastern cultures in that
0: respect i would say yes i think like i'd say most artists have a very kind of like global liberal view Mm -hmm. um like the situation that's happening in poland right now where the government's like constantly just trying to essentially push out uh directors of museums like this happened at um like uh Ujazdowski Castle like that contemporary art center which is a really great museum but they got rid of the director and then just like put this like right-wing shithead douchebag in um
1: how has it affected the programming
0: the thing is it hasn't really but it's like he is just like overly vocal about his like disapproval of things relating mm-hmm. to the programming so like Maybe it's hard to change the programming that's already been locked in, but who knows what will happen, like, you know, down the line after you've exhausted the plans, you know, that were already in place before he came in. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So now then Zahenta, um, another state museum, which has been around since, like, the 1800s, they're, like, trying to get rid of the director, who's, like, very qualified and much beloved, and, like, they do great programming. And so then I wonder, it's like, what... What can their plans be in the end like even if you try to gut these institutions which are about visual arts like how are you even going to fill them with Your point of view as a right-wing government like there's very Few artists operating in that sphere or with that voice or intention right, you know, of course there are a few here and there, but it's like Definitely the polish art world like any other art world is like very you know liberal and progressive Mm -hmm. um so you're not really gonna find people to be like making your like anti-abortion art or whatever or like (laughs) anti-migrant art i mean doesn't it sort of
1: depend on the uh on the premise of whether you think art is a vehicle for like social and or political change as opposed to like art as a uh um you know sort of vehicle for uh, personal expression in a way where the viewer sort of, I uh, you know, creates personal relationship with the work. I guess individual rather than global. Sorry, yeah. this, this came out in, uh, in eloquently. But uh, I'm just, I guess I'm asking if like a right-wing director of the museum, like, w- what's the worst that he could do? Just say, uh, steer away the programming a uh, from sort of more political content like there's still so much about art other than
0: i think their hope is that they're gonna have like the extreme opposite counterpoint like the 180 where it's Mm -hmm. like oh this show's like so queer it's like well i'm actually gonna have like the anti-lgbt show but it's like you'd be hard-pressed to find someone making that work right and i think that's that's their aim like using it as social messaging because they see what's happening in museums now as this like decadent western thing of like shoving messages down people's throats
1: i mean sure the uh the
0: latter but
1: like the former i wouldn't even call it decadent i would just call it boring <laughs>
0: but you know what i, I mean, mean i mean i know what voice, you mean but yeah. like
1: yeah look like i see at boston like a uh, central link the other day i didn't even realize that virgil has another show there
0: um like why um i think it's the same thing like you were saying before about like having these blockbuster shows like the cause show at the brooklyn museum it's like museums are desperate for things that the public is familiar with so is the public familiar with him even yeah i think so i think like young people are but it's kind of like if you want to do someone something about fashion like um there's a young black designer in america who's showing his first couture show It's like why mm-hmm. not have an exhibition about that like Why does it have to why does it have to be the most commercial? Um thing just like the cause show, you know like, <clears throat> Right, there's people working in like the cross over space of street art and kind of traditional fine arts mm-hmm. um It's just so
1: boring everything's so boring at this yeah. point Sorry, my um, mic's rattling. <laughs> I went on. Uh, I went online at the uh, to the MoMA website the other day because I wanted to find some exhibition. Their interface is really weird and funny, and so I ended up uh, clicking on their exhibition history, and it landed me on this page that takes you basically uh, to the inception of the museum and has like shows s- sort of. The whole lineup from the music from when the museum opened, in, uh, I guess December 12th, 20, uh, 1929, which is pretty insane. And so, I guess the original location, not guess, but I mean, the original location was across the street from where the Trump Tower is currently uh, located. Um, and for some reason, you know, it kind of reminds me of that gallery in Berlin. What's that 12th? Well. The mo, the original MoMA was on the 12th floor of this uh, building across the street from Trump Tower. But what's that gallery though? That, that's in the office
0: building in Berlin? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Where Avery, Avery Singer showed with... Oh, Kraupatiskundi of Zeidler. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, anyway, it was just funny reading about the history of, you know, just the inception of MoMA, basically, and seeing how... Uh, sort of a balloon to its current moment but um yeah also looking at the uh the sort of the the install shots from like 1929 and it was like an i guess a a very you know spacious office space but like still they would hang work like off a wire over like vent chutes and like uh, like Van Gogh paintings, they just hung on like doors and other stuff. It's pretty fascinating to see how they did things back oh, in the nice. day. Nice. Yeah. Um what I would give to just be a fly on that wall. I know. The old MOMA in nineteen twenty nine. Um what else was what I found interesting about it? Yeah, I guess it's just the general history of art and patronage and New York City is the story of trashy, nouveau riche people whose only oh God, way to totally. like climb up to like respectability in the social sphere here was just throw huge sums of money at these, uh, at these endeavors. Cause like, you know, the, the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilts and whatever, nobody like, they, they were considered trash basically. It's only through their, a, um, their endowments and patronage over the years that they've found their way into like, you know, you know historical respectability and we think of uh, them positively. Yeah looking back but don't you forget kids those people were trash just like you and me only without the money
0: okay who were the non-trashy people of the time um like who was the old money i mean uh, did anyone come with all this wealth did it- I'm assuming I mean, they would have just any, stayed behind if they were already just rich. Sorry, I'm looking up the Age of Innocence because it's <laughs> all the concentration of like
1: seemingly not trash but actually trash rich is a uh, concentrated. Um, I don't know. I think they were all trash, basically, weren't they? Because like the the robber barons and all the oil magnates yeah. and uh, the railroad like giants and everything like that. that the was,
0: monopolization. That was,
1: monopolization I mean who wasn't trash like even if you read the like uh, the history of like the first presidents and the generals and everything like that they were all I mean maybe trash is not not the right way to describe them they were (laughs) riffraff and that was sort of the thing this this sort of a uh, budding nation sort of uh, prided itself in everyone was riffraff and if you read Gore Vidal's um, (laughs) (laughs) American trilogy um he of course he fictionalizes most of those things but like if you read uh 1876 and burr like he basically describes in like disgusting detail how like how like pathetic life was back in the day even if you were like clad in you know army uniform and like you were george washington or whatever life was still pretty disgusting and they didn't consider themselves to be like high society and it was all just basically twenty-four seven cosplay. Hence um,
0: the uh debutante fa- balls. That and also
1: <laughs> just the 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 American creed of fake it till you make it. This is not a recent sort
0: yeah. of notion. This is this is a very it's from the very beginning. Yeah, you think Real Houses of New York is something new? Nope. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um yeah, basically. Anyway, highly recommended series, the Gorbidala.
0: We, should, American we should have a brother on the pod, Bart, sometime to uh, go through his, like, top ten moments of American history. Oh, he's a buff? Yeah, he's a general history buff. Interesting. Yeah.
1: I'm just, oh, like, I told you one of the reasons I wanted to go to the MVB house is that I'm just fucking fascinated with anything that's a a, a period room or a oh, period house same <laughs> i mean kudos to any institution that has a period room or a period section like even my hometown uh, Nana, in the uh, town hall uh there's a really low quality like period room <laughs> that like uh, like maquettes and like small sort of scale models of what the town used to look like um, <laughs> throughout the 20th century with like, you know, the groves and like the um, the uh, citrus fields and everything. Like there were donkeys in the streets. Nothing was paved. Everything was really like um, rural looking. Uh, so from that to like the Brooklyn Museum's, uh, uh, I I'll have to look it up can you say something while i book it up about about period rooms i took you to some period rooms at the met right
0: oh yes that was fun uh the Rococo period rooms mm-hmm. so much opulence but you just think they still have right. to throw their poop out the window
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely and the uh what's it called the the pot the chamber pot the chamber pot yeah and uh so the brooklyn museum has a uh I guess, uh, I guess it's life-size. It's two Dutch houses that uh, used to belong to the Schenk family in the like the 17, uh, 17th century. And it's the only interesting thing at the G- Brooklyn Museum currently, which actually, if I'm not mistaken, I was there somewhat recently, and that that section's closed off, so you have to, like, the only thing open now is, I guess, the cause show and some other lesser <laughs> items from their collection. I'm sure um, they'll
0: deaccession it and, like, solid for firewood so they can get like a uh infinity room or something next to her. oh my god totally <laughs> totally um that
1: seems up their alley
0: have you been to the brooklyn museum and saw that the
1: shank house it's
0: really impressive uh, well, it is world famous, but I have not been to the Brooklyn Museum. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the Schenck House is—I'm
1: uh, sorry—I'm just reading it off their web page. Is the oldest architecture in the museum's period room collection, dating back to 17, 1676. I'm sorry, uh, it's the most complex of the period rooms in terms of reconstruction and interpretation. The house originally stood in the town of Flatlands, one of six rural towns that were to become the borough of Brooklyn. Uh Uh, established under the Dutch colony of the New Netherlands, which became the English colony of New York in 1664. And it's such a nice reconstruction of this uh, old Dutch house that you can even like walk into it and see into the rooms. Oh, wow. Thanks, Uh, Dutch Dutch people. Thank you, Dutch people. Also, (laughs) thank you Brooklyn Museum for keeping it closed, (laughs) um, which sucks. Yeah, period rooms. I don't know what it is about it. I guess that's why I love history so much because i guess i have a rich imagination and i'm able to like transport back into it yeah uh, very easily
0: yeah Um, i love a period room it's just really fascinating to see how people lived because it's so abstract right
1: oh and another thing that was uh, when i took you to the met another thing that was closed uh which was a bummer was the uh a um the god why am i blanking on it now the uh,
0: the right house over oh, the Frank Lloyd Wright room yeah yeah i would love to live in a right house mm-hmm. if
1: you just marry the right person <laughs>
0: <laughs> well according to the facebook filter i'm still single because they're just the supply's been tapped out <laughs> really what, yeah, there's, just the ever, m- there's just no the one out there <laughs> yeah there's just no one out there for me <laughs> Is it the uh, the Suez Canal blockage?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, w- well, one thing I didn't take you to see at the Met was the Wisteria room. Uh, <laughs> Wisteria Lane from Desperate Housewives, basically. <laughs> uh, it's a dining room from a Paris apartment uh, <laughs> uh, by engineer Auguste Reto. And it's like, um, it's Art Nouveau. Is that what the style is called? Sorry for being
0: such such a oh, uh, like such a, an idiot, like bella like bella poke yes. yeah. like bella poke yes bella poke uh your <laughs> new drag name <laughs> bella poke hadid um <laughs> that's the style right of the met
1: the yeah met, like, the like parisian like, metro uh yeah
0: yeah like art nouveau yeah
1: why was it so fucking like dark and gloomy what was the what was the deal with that aesthetics
0: are you f Did they teach you that in architecture school? Yeah, we actually did talk about it, but I don't remember. I think it's funny how these aesthetics like, traveled so easily when there was actually like communication was very difficult. Right. You know, it was all happening at the same time. They didn't have the mm-hmm. internet to copy each other. Right. It's uh it's kind of funny because i'm
1: i'm i'm reading about it and it says that uh so the belle époque uh, occurred during the era of the french third republic and is characterized by optimism regional peace economic prosperity colonial expansion and technological scientific and cultural innovations but like when you look at the sort of the motifs of this style it's it feels kind of gothic or like gothic yeah. revivalist uh yeah. tell me if i'm misusing those terms
0: I don't know I'm, I'm no art historian <laughs> i thought you were a uh, architecture yeah. <laughs> I, specialist i don't remember anything but okay okay if you google art nouveau wait belle époque or art nouveau two different things yeah but i think they're kind of overlapping in time aren't they or it's
1: well art nouveau was the uh what's his face well art nouveau are those cheesy cheesy posters basically Yeah that's what they're most known for the like the
0: the the basically it gave birth to art nouveau like this period in time the belle époque um oh i see gave birth to a style art nouveau in architecture graphic design visual arts etc well Um, i guess
1: i guess klemt was art nouveau i'm assuming it had to do with like there was a lot of like floral injection motif yeah. injection into the style that was art nouveau i love how we're just like it's okay this like, is
0: this is uh, what this podcast is about it's like we yeah. don't actually know anything um <laughs> if you want to know about something go listen to like a moma i don't know web conference <laughs>
1: Yeah, and if you want to hear the latest about uh, gallery owners' recent real estate sales, listen to the other podcasts
0: whose <laughs> name will not mention. Um, um, but yeah, Art Nouveau, and then that's kind of leading into Art Deco. and Oh, and I guess it was called
1: Jugendst- Jugendstil. Oh, yeah, and Jugendstil
0: in, yeah, in um, the German and Benelux worlds. So it's all that kind of mishmash uh, of a time <laughs> of of optimism and breaking away from the past oh and I guess that big a
1: uh, church in Spain the Gaudi church Gaudi was uh, Art
0: Nouveau yeah you could say it's Gaudi Gaudi yeah <laughs> but it's true it's like you know you go into like an Art Nouveau interior in Berlin it does feel a bit cloying and dark and mm-hmm um, there's that font as well in Krakow. They used to, or they love to use it on signs. It's this very old-timey Art Nouveau right. lettering. But
1: look, I'm looking it up now, and it says that uh, Gaudi was actually influenced by neo-Gothic and oriental techniques. Uh-huh. And, he, well, his style was called uh, Modernisme. Modernisme. Mm-hmm. But honestly, those things are so fucking arbitrary, and the fact yeah. that we treat them as sort of a, a tenets of
0: like cultural history, yeah, is ridiculous. Well, his and I'm sure a- they're. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say his was also had this regional flair. I would say,
1: right. And I mean, if anything, you'd expect that the local iteration will not be will be actually an iteration rather than a complete sort of, uh, you know, emulation or a carbon copy of the mother style i mean because israel had a uh so pre-israel pre-founding of the state had the uh the international style of Bauhaus. yeah uh whereas in miami beach it's called a uh it's called art deco yeah so like what the hell how are those things get
0: decided on yeah exactly no and they're similar but still the miami one kind of feels different like there are those buildings that you see on south beach where i'm like oh this looks exactly like an apartment building i've seen in berlin or something Mm -hmm. but uh, the ones that are more of those kind of like you know more prominent facades of like a movie theater or things like that definitely have their own kind of flair
1: right also like uh, in uh, downtown la the alhambra and other art deco
0: buildings um yeah uh, it just all i can think of is a tolkien novel when i see art nouveau <laughs> oh totally i mean it just well i guess when was
1: that written in the 20s yeah, wasn't it written between the two so. wars
0: i don't know i don't know anything people <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks for the internet what would we have done without the internet all i know is i'm really enjoying saturating my canvases pouring paint (laughs) using a squeegee and the other kind of squeegee (laughs) talk to us more about your process um well i've been just really experimenting with uh this process of staining and pouring Mm -hmm. uh, which was instrumental in our queen helen frankenthaler's practice um she you know of course i know people are going to be making comparisons uh, and rightfully so, but she apparently invented this process of staining the canvas, uh, with, um, with water down. Uh, Do you disagree? I
1: don't disagree, but it sounds like, it sounds slightly revisionist. I'm sure there's
0: <laughs> <laughs> someone must have stained a canvas before yeah. that. Um, it's Your. like it's uh, it's it's convenient for the narrative maybe yeah <laughs> in 2021 f- for this, like sales the sales f- packet from uh Housern yeah basically w- 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 yeah it's, it's like,
1: the, f- <laughs> f- it's like the, f- the first stone that was thrown in <laughs> yeah. stonewall it's what, whatever fits the narrative in 2021
0: oh it's like uh what's her name i'm like <laughs> the the first abstract artist the woman at the <laughs> guggenheim <laughs> hilma af Klint.
1: oh right yeah
0: yeah invented abstract art uh sorry she did not like god done. i hate it. i hated that show but that's so revisionist it's like it is re- actually it's not even revisionist
1: yeah. it's like it's a uh it's like it's out of convenience
0: just like tweaking the facts or like no it's like a pink pussy hat person uh making that statement and right. it's like white feminism to the max because it's like ignoring anything that went on anywhere else in the world right saying like she must have been the one that invented abstract art when clearly that was happening for like millennia in other parts of the world right also museums just
1: fucking love
0: like white
1: white females spiritualism basically yeah they would do anything but to show like a christian or straight up like religious jewish art or whatever they would like any specimen that comes from that territory of like spiritualism such as like uh you know o'keefe and klimt and frida kahlo to a yeah. certain extent like they just like sop it up yeah oh well um, so yeah you've uh in 2021 pshamak pishek invented the technique yeah. of, <laughs> of pouring and staining
0: yeah um tie dyeing even
1: <laughs> As a, as a re- <laughs> yeah <laughs> you just drove back uh, to upstate New York after having thrown the first rock stone at Stonewall. <laughs> um
0: an event that deeply impacted you. Um. <laughs> um Well, okay, so I'm just really feeling the colors, feeling the mood, feeling the gestures. And I mean, isn't
1: isn't that what a uh, abstract or expressionist work is all about? Like, yes, exactly. I actually I've, feel emotionally connected to the work. Th- that's. Ex- I mean, this is exactly why I, for years, have been struggling to perfectly articulate articulate my work because at the end of the day, it's such a deeply personal process. Yeah. Also, I mean, sorry, it's,
0: it sounds tacky, but like there's truly no other way to describe it. But also I feel finally connected to my body making the work, which also it's like people are so obsessed with the body in art. Right. And,
1: but in, in, you know, re- representing the body exactly. in art rather than, you know, uh, contributing your own sort of
0: body, mind and the, uh, yeah. spirit into the work. But they're obsessed with, like, the idea of the body, people thinking about the body, but actually not being the body or using mm-hmm. the body. Um, right. So I really appreciate the process.
1: Yeah, it's a good it's a good point you made. It's funny how it like it it reduces the body to a superficiality. Yeah. The way it's talked about sort of dealing with the body rather than, you know, using the body as a like almost
0: a, a spiritual vehicle to create the work. Yeah. Because especially with the fluidity of the paint, it's so difficult to control. Right. So it really is about these gestures to manipulate the flow mm-hmm. and the paint, but then there's also so much left to chance, which I think is also a marvel of the universe and Absolutely. a force within the universe. And and I and I mean the whole gestural gestural moment is it's a muscle, yeah, it's a
1: muscle. I mean the more you do it, the more you sort of are in control of the process, but at the same time it's still very intuitive. And so like when I talk about my work, I often like to look back at it and reflect on the fact that like when i'm when the gestures sort of hit the uh the surface it's it's like a moment of a trance yeah. almost like i'm not quite there even though i'm in full sort of muscular control of the movement but like that's basically what abstract work that's how yeah. it's created
0: you're like a shaker <laughs> you are like a shaker <laughs> there's a, a shaker quaker. museum near- nearby that i want to go to actually uh-huh. oh that would be a good period room for us I mean, a living period room, Um, but yeah. uh,
1: Would you say this, sorry, I got to ask you something. Would you say this aesthetic is conservative in 2021? Like making a work of this genre, would you say it's conservative?
0: Oh, I think people, I think it depends on someone's point of view. I think there are people that would think it's conservative, like, why are you doing this this has already been done like i mean what you know. hasn't been done but that's the thing it's all been done right. i mean the only things that kind of fully haven't been done are like i'd say like really out there kind of net art things you know because that is such a recent kind of form of exploration and media but mm-hmm. also i just don't care so
1: Right. Um, do you think? Do you think a uh, cultural society has to sort of get rid of this notion that the wheel has to uh, be reinvented time and time again?
0: Uh, I think it's just a psychological thing. Maybe just you know, people see something new and they're really drawn to it, and people mm-hmm. people and society also have a very short memory span. Right. So, you know, you do. I don't know. Someone could see my opinion and be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Never mm-hmm. seen this before. And it's like, you've never seen someone like standing right. canvas.
1: <laughs> but like, do you think when the first, uh, when the first Helen Frankenthaler or whatever Motherwell or still exhibition was mounted, people had to be educated into seeing beauty in it? Or was that sort of
0: a reflex? Was it a, uh, universally pretty? That's what I wonder because it was, there was no exposure to that aesthetic or anything. I mean, I guess it point. was, a, I, I guess it was a
1: gradual process from, you know, Renaissance through pointillism to impressionism, expressionism, where the, you know, the canvas slowly started uh, imploding and exploding yeah. in it's, you know, technique of representation. And so it sort of makes sense that kind of the fifties culminated in, in these like really, broad broad brush explosions of you know abstract moments yeah i just i guess what i'm trying to ask myself is whether we see beauty in them because you know art history has told us to see beauty in it or if there's actual sort of merited a um if it compels sort of an attraction
0: automatically What do you think? I don't know. I think it also has to do with kind of your sense of composition. Mm -hmm. Which you mentioned is not a given for artists. Yeah, no, I think some people just have no sense of it. I mean, and that's kind of anything. Like, you know, there are people who are are doing floral arrangement, for example. Mm -hmm. Some people are really good at arranging flowers because they just have this innate sense of composition. Oh, I
1: thought you were talking about a specific painting. No, no.
0: That we just showed oh, with my each other. God. <laughs> Actually, that's a horrible composition in my in my eyes. Um yeah, same. But I guess it's, you know, it all relates to like the golden ratio and like mm-hmm. all those mathematical things we learn about in art and design school. But I think mm-hmm. they totally make sense. You feel a sense of harmony when you see certain compositions and even if there is a tension, it's like the appropriate kind of tension.
1: But I mean, nobody taught you those a uh, those equations, those that formula. I mean, it's, it's something that sort of dis- like kids are like students are not taught that, but yeah. they're taught to identify those things, those measurements, so to speak, in paintings. Yeah. And so, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you're not a. Uh, it's not something you can learn, basically. No, Good I compositor- think it's, I think it's
0: intuitive and like right. and some people can make that arrangement and some people can sense it and some people can't maybe mhm but maybe we all can sense if it is resolved and thus beautiful quote unquote right you know because those kind of <laughs> compositions in nature we find beautiful when they happen mm-hmm. um but yeah I'm trying to balance the tension and resolution um, right. with the color the gesture uh also I'm having I, a lot of fun doing this i mean that's i lost the sense of fun yeah in, and, in my other I, don't, work. I
1: don't know the yeah I don't know that fun is the only way to describe it i mean it's i mean passion would also be a good word to describe it i guess yeah. are you excited to go to the studio in the morning?
0: But that's the thing. I'm excited to go make a painting. Whereas, like, I was not excited before. Right. And actually, I have something coming up that I have to make that I just found out about, which relates to the work I have been making, kind of these ongoing series for the last seven years. And, Mm -hmm. like, and I'm not excited to make it, but...
1: You just need an assistant.
0: Yeah. To do it for you. (laughs) Basically. But it's, uh... But also, I understand the job of being an artist like anything
1: um yeah sure i mean to be honest with you when i go to the studio i have such just time and time again i have such like stage fright yeah the surface just sits there just lies there and i'm so scared to approach it and i have to like be in the right sort of headspace or in the right like mood or whatever yeah and only when i have like the courage to approach the surface do i do it and yeah. after afterwards it's just such a you feel such a like a, a sense of
0: purification or like gratification yeah um but i totally understand that uh especially you know you have a kind of finite amount of materials like you can always get more but right like, kind of it impedes the process it's annoying mm-hmm. you have to spend yeah. money uh The nice thing for me here is that I bought this roll of canvas and it's 84 inches wide Mm -hmm. and It's 30 yards long. So I can make like 11 paintings like massive paintings That's a soul show. Yeah And it's like that roll plus the paints for all this work in total It was like three hundred and forty dollars, which that's like so cheap we it. should start. We should start an arts
1: uh, penny pincher segment. <laughs> totally, <laughs> seriously.
0: So we should, col-
1: we should collaborate with some of those uh, <laughs> outlets for like, coupon
0: uh, promotions. <laughs> Extreme couponers. Um, yeah. <laughs> sponsored by Poosh uh courtney uh, kardashian go on,
1: go on uh dot <laughs> slash thoughts on art for 20 percent discount no, no let's be real
0: if we're gonna be sponsored it's jerry's art which you introduced me to i mean the prices are, are already so slash you're like what are they gonna slash more off of <laughs> uh also i did get this uh hack for europe um i mean they also deliver to north america but artel they're like the premier maker of uh aluminum stretchers <laughs> by the way this is not spawn con it sounded like <laughs> that but i was checking on- just uh
1: wish wishful uh, wish list thing yeah. on our porn.
0: but there's a, a lighter con canvas than i have but still quite heavy and it's like also 84 inches wide 20 meters long how That's tight a- is the weave uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay i have some fif- weave porn i have 15 ounce here and i think that one's 13 ounce so it's lighter but it's it's a tight weave. Um but anyway it's and 100 so, but, and it's 160. Euro. Huh.
1: And if you pour a uh paint on the 13 weave it's uh it won't uh it
0: won't absorb immediately. I think I think uh it will be pretty similar. I think the weave's okay. just as tight. But when I get home I'm going to experiment with this process more, but I'm going to also try like clear gesso just trying to see if Maybe there's like a less absorbent or more absorbent way to work with this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also, different kinds of media. Uh, there's also like acrylic like inks I'd like to try. So mm-hmm. it's just my fear is I don't want to get into Max uh, Frenthrop territory. I love his work. Not trying to what territory? Bite his style. Oh, his oh, are oh, like really see. fluid, really vibrant. Like you really get. Oh, I mean, your work looks nothing alike. Yeah. I mean, I love his work. Yeah, I love his work. And I don't want to be like, ah, I'm trying to make the same thing. But also he works on like a primed surface. There's different right. kind of fluidity and translucence happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see how it goes. So you and I are in a show that's opening tomorrow in Berlin. Yes. A first for us. We're so excited to be in a show together. Yeah. Um, so Berliners, if you're in town, don a mask and go to (laughs) Setare on the
0: Ufer. Schoeneberger Ufer.
1: Schoeneberger Ufer. Ufer. What gallery used to be there? So Setare... A uh Sitar is a big Düsseldorf gallery with I guess three locations in Düsseldorf and a relatively new one in Berlin as of a couple of months. Um very talent talentfully directed by friend of the pod Claudia Reck. Claudia Resch. Is that a German yeah. <laughs>
0: Claudia I, I I always say Rush. Claudia Mech. Mech. Yeah.
1: Uh, In my seven years there, I was never able to, like, properly pronounce the ich. (laughs) Ich. Um, Anyway, yeah, she put together this really good-looking, badass group show. um, And it's opening tomorrow.
0: And I'm honored to be in a show with you.
1: Finally. Same. Um, Yeah, and I'm sorry I think I won't get to go, but Berliners, if you're
0: out there, please go out and represent. Yeah. And also friend of the pod, James Crone's in the show. He's a really great artist. Mm-hmm. We're friends. Uh, so it's really nice.
1: And this is actually my very first sort of return to uh, Berlin after
0: graduating art school there. I know. Well, maybe she come in August. I'll, I'll push her to have a finissage. Oh, yeah. What date is that? I don't know. But while you check, I will shout out one other thing. Mm-hmm. uh for the new yorkers and uh other tri-state uh people uh july 17th we're having open studios at art O oh my from 1 to 4 p.m Ooh! so we're in uh ghent new york which is like i don't know 15 minutes from hudson so uh gayville yeah <laughs> god <laughs> Upper, upper and mid facelift fill <laughs> on the gaze. Um, yeah, so come on down if if you want to see what's happening. You should, and if you're
1: on uh, County Road 22, just honk
0: <laughs> and fl- honk if you like what you see. Yeah, and f- and flash me out the window. Um yeah, yeah and um, good opportunity also to get some uh, work from some artists. So absolutely.
1: And uh yeah, it's always nice to have some, uh, some Pshamak Piszczyk's in the, uh in the
0: works on the Eastern <laughs> seaboard. I mean, Thank it's going to be really nice for you to have work here in the States. It will be nice. I'm really hoping uh some American opportunities pop up for exhibition. Oh, absolutely. Cause I I've... mean, the, this is America,
1: go big or go home. And you've been going big. So you're staying. <laughs> ready for my blue chip show totally <laughs> um yeah so our show in berlin sorry i just looked it up it opens uh tomorrow as i said i guess the preview already happened a couple of days ago but whatever uh and it runs through august august 31st
0: okay so you could come for the finissage. yeah
1: potentially <laughs> uh wait what did you say what gallery used to be in that space before they moved in uh oral scheibler or else Scheibler. And I guess Esther Schipper was next door before they moved to uh, Blaine Southern's old space. Yeah. But I think
0: Esther Schipper still has space. Or
1: they're further down the street on the Ufer. I see. But... I mean, it's uh, it's fancy. I've never dreamed of... Uh, look at me, the prodigal son re- returning mm. to Germany. I never thought after graduating with my measly... <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Diplom from Udeka that I return and have my work uh, shown at the Ufer.
0: Bigger things to come. Mm-hmm. But I have to say the show looks amazing. The space looks like a museum. Oh, yeah, It's like sp- we're I've... in a Hamburger Bahnhof show. Amazing. <laughs> I
1: was just about to ask you, what's your Berlin specific like end goal? What would be your biggest
0: Berlin dream? Like uh, where Our I would dream. have a show? Oh, any, I any l- art? Oh, yeah. yeah. I would love to do something at a Neue National Gallery. Mm-hmm. Either like an outdoor work, because there's a lot of space around that building. It's at the Mies van der Rohe building. Um, or something on the ground floor inside. I think that would be amazing. Um, maybe I could do one of my new monumental works I have planned. <laughs> you should, yeah. Because uh, I have this fantasy, I've made some sketches of a. Uh, kind of having these paintings being kind of like these building blocks of mm-hmm. larger works. Right. So making like a 60 foot tall painting, for example, that's modular. That sounds amazing.
1: I would love to, uh I mean, my biggest Berlin dream is to end up at the, uh, at the airport. With oh <laughs> with my <a> commission. <laughs> Actually.
0: Yes. I would love so that many too. More, So
1: many more people see it. It pays way more. Yeah. And um I don't know. It just sounds like a, b- a bigger accomplishment. Yeah.
0: Both financially and yeah. I think we could I think we would be good additions because there's some garbage art in there right now. I saw Totally. I saw some uh Instagram story posts this past week. Mm-hmm. And there's just like some rough work in there. <laughs> I mean also you and I, we still have some victim
1: cards we could play. Totally. I mean so I mean, I I feel fork it over <laughs> same unrelated to my Judaism. Yeah. <laughs> so for, fork it over
0: Germany. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to make it happen. If it's not that it will be some new train station that pops up one day. Totally.
1: Alrighty. Uh, what are you up to uh, uh, this weekend? I guess.
0: Uh, I think we might go to Dia Beacon if we can get it together. Uh, jealous. I've never been. I haven't either. Well, maybe if we don't go, you and I should do that then another day. Mm -hmm. You should...
1: I actually looked it up because I thought we might be able to go there, but it's like only an hour outside of the city as opposed to you being two and a half hours outside the city. Uh Uh, Magazzino Art, that Italian foundation. That's really
0: cute. I also want to go to the Jack Shainman School. It's this old high school or college. Huh. It looks... Amazing! It's a huge building. When I heard school, I pictured like a small wooden schoolhouse or something, but mm-hmm. it's it looks like a it's on a college campus or something, right? Uh, so look that up. I want to do that. Um, Mass Smoke is nearby. We might do. Oh, that. Oh, that's re- that's really nice. Yeah, it's just there's so many things to do that aren't that far, but the car situation's weird. Like a few artists have cars here, but there's no you know, like, big van we can use or anything. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of complicated to arrange, you know, who wants to go, has enough rides. Plus, we have, like, studio visits here and there with this visitors program. Mm -hmm. And... Would you recommend this residency? Oh, yes. I think everyone should apply. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, like, once you're in, it's free. You don't have to pay for anything. And there are also fellowships uh for for kind of different groups of artists and i uh, mean they feed you three times a day yes yesterday there was an amazing blueberry tart <laughs> i, I had, thought I had you had fourths. Made it. no no that <laughs> was <laughs> i had fourths uh and the day before there was this kind of like oh sorry mic rattle uh there was uh it was like a chocolate mousse or maybe it was like a vegan cheesecake but it was on a you know a crumbly bottom was so good. Mm. Um, also, this week we're going to Applebee's. I'm very excited for that. <laughs> Is that an Arts Foundation in Upstate New York? <laughs> the Applebee's collection. Um, yeah, there's a lot of crap on the walls. That's in the collection. What uh, about the uh, Chuck E. Cheese Contemporary <laughs> Arts Foundation? <laughs> um but mm. anyway there's a five dollar special on bahama mamas and strawberry daiquiris right now at what Bays. is bahama mamas it's like a blue curacao cocktail <laughs> with like uh-huh. captain morgan rum <laughs> just don't get wasted again like you did in a uh dallas oh bbq in the middle of the day with friend of the pod ellie hey girl <laughs> hey ellie
1: <laughs> um okay that sounds fun yeah i can't wait and what are you up to uh, going to visit my cousin in North Carolina oh, so nice. we're going to hit the road on uh, early dawn tomorrow
0: oh have a safe drive thanks make sure you stay and, uh, hydrated and have snacks I will
1: and um, yeah that's about it just uh,
0: that's yeah that's it Nothing, nothing new or interesting on my end other than that Okay, and also just make sure you set aside some museums you haven't been to for my return to New York so we can uh make some shady visits.
1: God, you know what? I fucking wish the transit museum would reopen. I just cannot for the life of me understand why some museums haven't reopened. Ugh. Um let's see what the current status is on that cuz like I know that the Nooya Gallery has finally reopened like a few days ago. Um but no new york transit museum temporarily closed what is up with you it's like hands down the best museum um in new york
0: get it together losers
1: they should that's so annoying i guess we should go see the louise bourgeois show at the jewish museum oh yeah let's do that i've never been yeah and maybe the guggenheim can get it together and have some interesting shows uh for a change yeah um, I actually just saw I just saw that a, um, uh, Lynn Hirschman Leeson showed oh, yeah. the new museum yesterday, which was pretty interesting. I was, like, ready to write it off because it was just so packed with items and the, uh, other artifacts and stuff like that. But at some point, I just, like, delved into it, and it's pretty fascinating. So, you said you know her, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Not personally,
1: honestly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know her work, I mean. Yeah so her work very fitting to the new museum is very like it's like a tech lab basically she was like an an early sort of adopter of a lot of these like technological gadgets and stuff like that and has very uh, inventively sort of uh, created artworks utilizing those new inventions and stuff like that so it's pretty interesting um, I usually don't like this like side of the new museum that's just so like a, uh, how would you call it it's like so so techie in like a didactic way that I find yeah. very uninteresting for the most part. Uh, but in Lisson's case, it's a really interesting exhibition. So go check it out if you're in the city. Um, and that's all, folks. Cue the sound effect. The the, the, the that's all, folks. Okay, I'll uh, talk to you next week. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.